Hasn't Galatians 6 been a blessing for our church? God's timing has been just right with this subject. Um, Just really timely. Um, Let's start reading in verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, just that right there. Just that right there. Isn't that timely? That text, it is so timely. Now, look at the next verse, and this is where we will be this morning. As we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you are so good to us, and now you've asked us to do good to others. And so, Father, help us to have a better understanding of what that is today. And, Lord, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts, you'll encourage us. Lord, we need you so desperately. Uh, We are needy people, and we need you more than anything else in the world. Please help us today. Speak to us. Help us to see where we fit into your work. In Jesus' name, amen. There's some key words and thoughts that uh, I think will help us to understand this this passage. And it was helpful for me. I couldn't sleep last night. So I, I sat up until, I don't know, one thirty, two o'clock this morning, just making notes and thinking about this. So I'm going to preach for about four hours today. Um, amen. All right. Good. Somebody was for it. The rest of you are worldly. Well, let's look at this. Let's think about this text. Just go a little, just word by word, phrase by phrase in this. And the first thing that I want us to see in verse 10, as we have therefore opportunity. There's a word there that jumped out to me. Therefore. Therefore. Now, what's the rule? When you see the word therefore, you got to go back and see what it's there for. Right? So, the basis of this, as we have therefore opportunity... What's the therefore? Well, that's why we read the whole chapter. Because there are some things that we have learned. We've learned in verse 1 to be spiritual, to restore your brother, to bear burdens, to do your own work, to rejoice in that work, to demonstrate love for those who teach you the Word of God. Then don't be deceived. Don't be weary in well-doing. Therefore. So based on all that. So there are some things that we have to establish. Number one, we're supposed to be spiritual. 
How are we going to be spiritual? You've got to be filled with the Spirit. That's chapter 5. You've got to be filled with the Spirit. You've not got to be consumed with the works of the flesh. You must be filled with the works of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Be spiritual. Now, how would that be for a sermon? My sermon today is be spiritual. It's very difficult to do when you're carnal. And that's us. All of us. Is there someone here that's more spiritual than another? No. No. We are all carnal. The only righteousness is the righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ. If we're going to do good, the whole purpose of the book of Galatians is to tell us, if we're going to do good, it's got to be by the Spirit of God. Because my flesh will get in the way all the time. How many of you have ever meant to do good and you've spoken up and you're hurting somebody? Is that right? That's why we've got to be spiritual. We've got to be spiritual. Let your words be always of grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer every man. That's what the Bible says. So we understand from the beginning that we've got to be spiritual. We have to have a desire to restore people that are struggling. We have to understand that we can be tempted also, considering ourselves. We've got to make sure that we're bearing one another's burdens. You're involved in somebody else's life. And then you're not a mooch. You're bearing your own burden. And you're working and you're serving God so that you can rejoice in that work. And you don't have to stand aside and only be able to rejoice in what everybody else is doing. Right? You're communicating to people that teach the Word of God to you. You're letting them know that, man, thank you for preaching the Word. Thank you for showing me the Word of God. Thank you for helping my family. Thank you for teaching my children. Whether it's a Sunday school teacher or a discipler, whoever it is, you're, you're blessing those people with good things, good speech. You're, you're being a blessing to them. All of those things tie into this. Why? Because... You're going to reap what you sow. Are you sowing to the flesh or are you sowing to the Spirit? If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, you reap life everlasting. Praise God. That's all good, isn't it? Therefore, don't be weary in well-doing. You know that you'll reap if you faint not. Therefore, that therefore is pretty important, isn't it? Therefore. See, here's the deal. I think that all of us lift verses out of context. The context of this is pretty significant. It's to live a life, live a Spirit-filled life of service for God, understanding that you reap what you sow. That's the context for doing good. That's the context. So, therefore. And then I want you to see this. Verse 10 again. As we have, therefore, what? Opportunity. This is the way that we use opportunity. Hey, I had this great opportunity. Isn't that right? A while back, I had the opportunity to go to Africa. I had the opportunity. You know, I've never had the opportunity to go to Yankee Stadium. I've not had that opportunity. And I wouldn't have any more opportunity this year. Mm. Opportunity. Isn't that, isn't that the way that we use that word? We have the opportunity. I have this great opportunity. Do you know what our great opportunity is? To do good. Because of what the Holy Spirit has done in our lives, 
we have the opportunity to do good. It's not this, do good or else. No, it's a positive. I get to do this. Why? Because of what God's done in my life. Man, there's nothing better than to see something good come in somebody's life and you participated in that. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Um, we had dinner last night with Mark Rasmussen. And most of you have met Mark, Dr. Rasmussen. He's vice president out at West Coast Baptist College. Well, for 30 years, he's been in Christian education, training preachers and workers. And so now he gets to see the fruit of that. He gets to see people serving God, preaching the gospel and teaching in schools and all of those things that he has done. You know, he's done these education seminars all over the country. I, I want to have a teacher day here at Grace Baptist. For all, and all of you can invite your teachers and have Dr. Rasmussen speak for that. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be a really cool thing to do. But sitting with him last night, he's proud of me. Why? Because I'm still serving the Lord. I'm one of his students from 30 years ago, and I'm still serving the Lord. That's an encouragement, isn't it? Well, if he hadn't decided to serve God, he wouldn't see that. He wouldn't see that. And he made nothing. Back in those days at that school, he made, what did he tell us? Like $1,200 a month, including housing. That's what he made as vice president of a Christian college. That's tough, isn't it? But that's what he did to see people produced like Jim Alter, serving God. Laura and I met in one of his classes. We're serving God together. That's the idea. That's what God wants to do for you. And I know you teachers, when you see a kid who's successful, all of you who have invested in someone, there's nothing better than that. It's, it's just such a cool thing to see. I love watching you guys serve the Lord. Yesterday when you kids came out and were doing the, the door hangers, that was just an awesome thing to see. What was I doing? I was rejoicing in that work. I was rejoicing in it. What a blessing that is. Um, so as we have opportunity, uh, I want you to see something else in this text. It says, as we have, not if we have. So the opportunity to do good to somebody, it's going to come to you, isn't it? You will have the opportunity to do good. question is, are you going to take that opportunity or are you going to miss the opportunity? Um, wow. Wow. So as we have, not if we have, and then opportunity, it's positive. Therefore, based on what's happened before, then look at what it says. As we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good. This is an us thing. This is not a me thing. This is a we thing, not a you do this thing. We're in this together. That's what Galatians 6 is all about. It, it's the, you know, the, the old thing, no man's an island, right? Uh, well, we got to get this. God's work can't be done by me alone. I don't mean as pastor. I mean, all of us need to say that. God's work cannot be done by me alone. This is a we thing. And this happens as we do good. We're going to look at that and try and figure out what that means to do good. But here's the question. Are you going to participate? That's the question. Are you going to be a part of the we? Or are you going to stay off to the side? We need to help. We need to work with each other. We need to serve God together as a church. Then, let us... Um, 
Oh, I, I wrote this down. We are to lean on each other and prop up each other. That's that, that's that idea. Um, I remember playing football. And, you know, I, on offense, I would play running back. And I got to tell you, a running back is pretty much worthless without a line. Amen? So you big fat guys are important. We need you. Was that offensive? Hey, man, anybody who played football knows exactly. You need those hogs. You got to... The hogs, was that the Redskins? All right? You got to have them. What did the Redskins run? They ran that 43 lead all the time. You had a fullback, you had the line, and the running back following that fullback right through the line. What did that running back need? He needed that fullback really bad. He needed it really bad. We all need each other. We need each other. Now, who is it? It's the skinny wide receiver dancing in the end zone who couldn't do anything if there wasn't a quarterback in a line. Is that right? And who causes all the trouble on a football team? Wide receivers. Any of you guys are wide receivers? You're kicked out of the church. We don't need you. <laughs> Look, this is, we, we have to understand that we are in this together. We need each other. We need each other. We lean on each other and we prop each other up. Let us. All right, so now let's dive into the, what, what the text, the meat of the text. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Before we get to the do good, I want us to look at who it says we're supposed to do good to. Everybody. We're supposed to be good to everybody. You want to hear something funny? I think this is funny. How many of you have seen the door hangers that we have? This is the first time that we've put something out in the community with my picture on it. You know what I thought of yesterday as I was hanging this on somebody's door? This hit me. I've got to be nice now. Now, how many of you think I should have been nice anyway? Uh, there's a reason why I don't have Grace Baptist Church bumper stickers on my car. How many of you have seen me drive? It's interesting, and it struck me, and God's timing on this text was so good for me. I'm supposed to be good anyway, but now everybody's going to see my mug on every home in Sydney. So now it's time for me to be nice. And who am I supposed to be good to? Everybody. Now, was I supposed to be good to everybody before my picture went to every house in Sydney? And that's us. Who are we supposed to be good to? Everybody. Be good to the cashier. Be good to the waitress. Be good to the person at the gas station. Be good to the students in your class. Be good to the person who works on the line next to you. Be good to your patients. Be good to your doctors. Be good to your lawyer. Yeah. We're supposed to be good to everybody. Is that right? But let me ask you a question. Is it possible for you to financially support everybody in the world? No. No. You can if you're a Democrat, but, you know. Was that offensive? Did God put me in the right part of the country? This is a blessing. What's that? Somebody said something. Right on the mark. Amen. Um, but seriously, seriously, is it possible for me to fund every person in the world? No. Um, 
is it possible for me to support every family in the world? Is it possible for me to meet everyone's need in the world? But I should help those people I have the opportunity to help. See, I wrote this down. Don't let politics keep you from doing good to others. So let me ask you a serious question. And I mean this seriously. How many of you are tired of the welfare state? Right? But there's still people that need help. You can be against a political or a, a, a bureaucratic um, monstrosity and still understand there are people that need help. There are people that need help. We see them all the time. Now, can you help everybody? No, but you can help the people that God brings into your path. Do good to all men. But notice what it says. Um, James Knox preached a message on this called favoritism. He said favoritism is in the Bible. So here's the idea. I'm supposed to be good to every lady in the world. All right? But imagine if I told Laura, I can't buy you the food processor you want because I can't afford to buy every woman in America the food processor she wants. That's silly, right? That's silly. My primary responsibility is to my own wife. The Bible says that if a man provide not for his own, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So now when we think of infidels, pretty much most of us now, we think of the Muslims, right? So these Muslim you know, bombers and all that, if you're not providing for your own family, you're worse than that. Now, let's step back. We're in a bad economy. There are guys who want to provide for their, their families, and financially it's very difficult right now to do that. How many of you understand that's not what we're talking about? That, that not providing is someone who chooses not to support their family. Very important that we put that in here. But my primary responsibility is, first of all, to my own family, and then according to the text, the household of faith. Look at the Word. Look at what the Bible says. As we, have their their, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. What's the word that's used here? Especially. Sorry, y'all didn't know where I was. Especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Who are those who are of the household of faith? Believers. What's the household of faith? It's the church. We've looked at that many times. It's the local New Testament church. So here's the order. Scripturally, it's my responsibility to provide for my family. Amen? That's first. Second, it's my responsibility to provide and to help those do good to those who are in our church. Right? And then other believers. How many of you ever met a believer outside of our church who needed help? But there, it's our responsibility, if we have opportunity, to help there. It's our responsibility to do that. And then the whole world, everybody. Now, how many of you think we have a big responsibility? That's a big responsibility. How is this ever going to happen? We're going to have to live a spirit-filled life. We're going to have to make godly choices. It's vital that we see this. As you have, therefore, opportunity, do good. Um, so now, what does it mean to do good? What's this talking about? How in the world are we going to do good? Do you know what the Bible says? I think it's Romans 3.10. There's none that doeth good. 
No, not one. How are we going to do good? We've got to be saved. We've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And we've got to follow the Spirit's leading to help. How many of you have ever had this happen to you? You hear, you hear about a need, and this, you get this, this sting inside. He says, I need to help there. Has that ever happened? I genuinely believe that's the Holy Spirit of God directing you. How many of you have ever seen a need? You've heard somebody has a need and you think, and, and this is your honest response to that. I don't think I'm going to help with that. At that point, you have to decide, is that my flesh saying that or is that the Holy Spirit telling me you need to let that person stew in their own juices for a little while? How many of you have ever seen a young person that needed to understand that they bought that furniture on credit, they're going to have to pay that off? Right? How many of you bought the furniture on credit and had to pay it off? Yeah, you wanted the house to look like mom and dad right away, and mom and dad took 30 years to get it. Right? Sometimes you've got to let them stew in their own juices. Um, we, we, gotta, we, we have to understand that. But the Holy Spirit, if you're walking with the Lord, will direct you to help. Now, how does the Holy Spirit direct you to do that? Well, first of all, you've got to be aware. You've got to know what's going on. You've got to be talking to your brothers and sisters in Christ. You have to be interacting with them. Other times, it'll be through another brother in Christ. If Patrick comes to me and says, Hey, I've got a friend that needs this help. Or there's somebody in the church, you need to know this. This is what's going on in their life. They need help. Well, the Holy Spirit can use somebody to come to me as the pastor, and then I can present that need to you. That's how God works. That's how the let us. See that? Let us. The Apostle Paul, we're not going to take time, the time to go there, but in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul was collecting money for the poor people in Jerusalem, and those other people wouldn't have known about it if Paul didn't come and make them aware of the need. So the Holy Spirit will use spiritual leadership to direct needs to you. It was just like Donnie and Christy Brown. They needed help for school. And I'm going to see them tomorrow. I'll tell you about that here in a minute. Uh, I'll, I'll see them uh, probably Tuesday. Um, so what happened? I made you aware of that need, and you all gave just wonderfully to help meet that need. And as soon as you were aware of it, you wanted to help. So what happens? Number one, you've got to be participating in the body to be aware of the needs of the body. Is that right? There might be someone out there today, you have a headache. I don't know about that headache. Why? Because you're not my body. Does that make sense? As a body, as a local New Testament church, this body, we're supposed to be interacting with each other to where if the head is hurting, the foot knows about it. Um... Let's see. Oh, I won't do it. I did this with Jacob when he was little. I said, did you know that your mouth and your foot are connected? He said, no. I said, come here, let me show you. And I stomped on his foot and his mouth flew open. <laughs> That's awesome. Now look. I know this is simple. You know, this isn't a deep doctrinal sermon. But practically speaking, I don't know if there's a more important sermon that I could bring to our church right now. There's someone who may be the foot in this church, and the mouth needs to know that that foot's hurting. Amen? Who here wants to be called the mouth of the church? <laughs> well, there you go. 
There you go. <laughs> Why doesn't that surprise me? I did. I did. Do y'all get it? Do y'all get it? We got to care. There has to be a let us. And let us do good. Let us do good. Um, do you know about the needs? See, right now, I could almost start crying because I know some of the needs that you all have. And I don't want to name them because those people who have those needs needed a minute not to think about those needs while they're here at church. Um, We've got to come alongside each other. And those of you who are going through the trouble, please don't do it alone. And I'll tell you, one of the big problems that we have here at Grace Baptist... It's not that we don't help. It's that we don't ask for help. How many of you have ever said this? If only I had known, I would have helped. Have you ever thought that? Why don't we know? Because we're proud. We have to be an us. We have to be an us. And here's the deal. I can't meet 350 people's needs. I can't do it, but we can. Amen? We can. We're a family. We're a family. Now, there might be somebody here, you don't feel like you're part of the family. We want you to be. We've set you a place at the table. We want you to come. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father.